Mishra, we're starting Perek Test. The Pasuk tells us, When all the Melachim in Eretz Yisrael, it's called Ever Yarden, they all hear about what happened to Yerucha, what happened to I. So whether they were Bahar in the mountain, Bashveda, which is in the plains, the whole seashore, Elmura, Lebanon, right up to the Lebanon in the north. So all the nations, the Chiti, the Emori, the Knani, the Prizi, the Chivi, the Yavusi, all these various nations, they hear what Yeshua has done, so to speak, to Yericha and to Ai. So they realize that they're all, so to speak, on the firing line. They're all going to be attacked. So rather than wait for Yeshua to come and attack them one by one, they decide to plan a strategy together to fight Yeshua. They decide they're going to gather together and they're going to fight Yeshua and Klai Yisrael as a united army rather than each one having to defend itself individually. Why? The Malcolm explains why here did this only happen after the war of Yerichoi and the war of Ai. So he explains that after the war of Yerichoi, which was clearly miraculous, there was nothing to do. If uh, there's a supernatural, so to speak, uh, power which is being involved in the battle, and that's okay, so it's not going to help the fights. So they didn't have an aid, so they didn't know what to do. But when it came to Ai, so when, then they saw in the war against Ai that there was regular military strategy. It wasn't anything miraculous. On the contrary, Yeshua put an ambush, he drew the people out, and he fought them with an ambush. So they thought if this is the case, that this is going to be like a war which is going to take the course of a regular war. Then there's strength in numbers. And if that's the case, and it's, it's worth it for us to gather together because in normal military science, a more powerful army or a bigger army has, a, has an advantage. And that's why it's only after the, when they saw what happened to I, so then they got this idea that it's going to work, it'll help us, so to speak, if the wars are going to be fought. In the normal way that wars are fought, then it's going to help us help us to join forces, so to speak, to fight Yeshua. How long after combined, so to speak, military force which is going to attack the Jewish people is going to come in, in two Prakim's time. That's when they, they get together. But in the meantime, it was against the backdrop of this, so to speak, uh, discussion between the Knani kings. How are we going to confront the Jewish people as a united as a united force? So against that is where the story of the Gevayim happened. And we'll see why this is a significant point, why the Navi had to start with this introduction before it tells the story of the of the city of Givan. So what is now? So now having explained the background of what was happening between the kings of Canaan at the time, so what happened was the there was one city which broke ranks. The Givan, The people of Givan hear what Yahshua had done also to Yerichai and to I. And instead of joining the united force of all the other Canaanite kingdoms who were going to make a united campaign against the Jewish people, the people of Gibeon decided that they're going to try a different strategy. They also acted with trickery. They went The word Vayitztayaru, the Mithras explains here, is they made themselves as if they were messengers. The, that's the way he explains it. Rashi brings it as a dinner of a tzir. 
which is also that they came as somebody who had come from a distant journey. They took worn out sacks to wear to put on their donkeys. Same thing, they looked for uh, pitchers which would hold wine, which are also worn out. They already cracked them. That uh, when the leather ages, it starts to get, get hard and it starts to have cracks in it. So they looked for uh, something which would disguise who they were by finding old or worn out, so to speak, clothing or items for themselves to wear and for the animals to wear. Same thing they put on shoes which had been worn out on their feet. The clothing they wore was also old. And they went to look for bread which was extremely stale. And the idea was to give the impression that they had been traveling for a long time or had come from far away and therefore everything they had had, so to speak, been established to the ravages of the journey that they had been through. Well, this is like similar? Yes. Salmo. Now, the, the Pesach says, They also acted the Arma. What's the also? Who's, who's this comparing them to? It should have just said, they acted, they tried to trick Klai Yisrael. They also tried to trick Klai Yisrael. So what, what's the gum? What's it uh, comparing to? So there's, interesting, there's two Mahalchim and Nerishayim. The, they both need a little bit of explanation. The first one is the Mephoshim who say that the people of Gibbon, which of the seven nations were they from? They were Chibim. They were Chibim. And this was the Mira Kenegi Mira for when the sons of Yaakov, Shimon and Levi, tricked the people of Shem. They told them, of course, we want to make a peace covenant with you, of course, we want to be close to you, just have a breast because we have a breast. And if that's the case, we'll get on together, we'll marry each other. And like the Bosak says there, that they asked the armor. That they acted, it was a trick. It was, it was a little bit treacherous because it was a way to bring down, so to speak, the defenses of the people of Shechem. It rendered them incapable of fighting and then they were attacked. And therefore, here the Givonim, who also Chivim, did the same thing. They asked the Gamheim armor, and that is a trick like Israel, the other way around. And that is, even though they we're not meant to, the day the Jewish people were not meant to sign a peace treaty with the nations of Canaan, but they tricked them into making a treaty with them. That's the, the one explanation. In other words, it's a very interesting Medina. The Bnei Yaakov, when they made a, when they, so to speak, made a covenant or an agreement with Shem, they should have, based on what they said they were going to do, they should, have connected, they should have incorporated them, so to speak, somehow with the Jewish people. As they said, we'll marry you, we'll be friendly with you, we'll partake as part of ourselves. And they didn't. What they didn't is they killed them all. And here was exactly the opposite. What they should have done to the Gibbonim, like all the nations of Canaan, they should have killed them all. And instead, what they ended up doing was making a covenant with them. And therefore, they had to accept them as members of Israel. Not willingly, but uh, once they made a, once they made a breast with them, they couldn't back out of it. So that was the exactly the second explanation brought down is this is more interesting. The pasuk in Dvarim says in Tzavim, so Moshe tells the Jewish people that he's gathering everybody to give them his final words of warning and his final blessing, his parting message, and he says, "You're all standing here today in front of Hashem," and he goes through all the various subcategories, all the groups 
the social circles in Kaisha. Rashaykhim, your leaders, Shiftaykhim, your judges, call Yisrael. All the men of Yisrael. And then it says, the Gerach Hashem Yisraelcho, even the Gerim who joined you, Mechoyte Veitzecho, Vachayevimecho. From those who cut your wood until those who draw your water. So what's the distinct about the people who cut the wood and draw the water? It's just a profession. We're going to see that that was the job which was given to the Givainim. Here also. And therefore, Rashi points out there, that a certain amount of Givainim had already joined the Jewish people in the time of Moshe. And they had been put into the position of water drawers and wood cutters. And therefore, at that stage already, there were a number of Givainim, so to speak, who had somehow connected themselves to the Jewish people. And that was the job they were given. And that's why Moshe included them in the bris. When he speaks about all the strata of Tal Yisrael, he includes the Givainim, who were the water carriers and the wood sharpers, like I said. And, and that's the case. The Givainim here, they also wanted to do Ba'arma what had already been done before. Now, the, it could be that they were Givainim already at the time of Moshe. The big difference was they didn't need to trick Moshe. And the reason was because, like we saw before, before Kaisal went into Eretz Israel, so there was the option offered to the nation of Canaan to make a peace treaty with them. Right? They could have like, amicably abdicated, so to speak, given the land to the Jewish people and either escaped or joined the Jewish people as the Givonim did do. It was only after they came into Eretz Israel, like we saw at the beginning of the Sefer, that that was no longer an option. And therefore... The Givani who came at the time of Moshe didn't have to trick him. They could have come like, up front and said, we want to join you, we want to fight with you, and they would have been accepted. It was only now, in the time of Yeshua, that when the other Givani also wanted to do what the previous Givani had done, they, had to come. they also had to do it, but they had to do it by armor. They had to do it with treachery, because over here there wasn't the option of coming straight to Kalashal and offering them the option of, of joining them. More than we get to solve the Givonim, why this this happened, so to speak, in Moshe's time, and why this was a repeat of the same idea in Yeshua's time, just here it was done in a way which Kaisal didn't know who they were. So now the Givonim have suitably attired themselves in a way which makes them look like they've come from a distant place. They come to Yeshua to the Jewish camp, which is in Gilgal. We've come from a distant country. And now make a covenant with us. The people of Israel said to the Chibi, it's an interesting thing. If you look at the Pasuk, really they went to Yeshua. Yeshua is the leader. But they said to him, which means Yeshua, and to the people of Israel, which means everyone who was watching the audience who was there, the regular Jews, and they say to them, we want to make a covenant with you. Yeshua doesn't respond. But the people respond. The people said back to them, Maybe you're living in Amitz? In other words, they were to this possibility. And that is that maybe you local people who have to fight with you because you're one of the seven nations of Canaan, so then we can't make a Greek treaty with you. When Shechem and Hamar, the Chibi, arrive, so Yaakov, the leader, keeps quiet and his sons are the ones who deal with the negotiations. The same thing happened over here. Yeshua, um, at the beginning at least, keeps quiet 
And the Klaus will take the, so to speak, the stage of negotiating with them. Obvious question which needs to be asked. And that is, what was the strategy of the Givonian? What did they think they were doing? That's, why did they come specially from a faraway country to make a bris with Yeshua? If they weren't residents of Eretz Yisrael, they didn't need it. Yeshua wasn't on a world-conquering mission. Yeshua wanted to conquer Eretz Yisrael. So based on their own argument, we've come from far away. So what did you come for? What did you come for? You aren't being threatened. You aren't, we, aren't, we aren't taking over the world. We're looking to conquer Eretz Yisrael. So if you're saying, and you said, you said yourself, we've come from a distant country, that's okay, so why do you have to make a breast? You don't have to turn it off. There's, there's uh, more than one answer to this question. But uh, it's, a, it's an essential point in understanding what was going on, because otherwise they didn't think they don't have a logical, so to speak, point that they're coming from. So the, the first, we'll see, there's more than one, like I said, answer to this. But the first way to think is, and that is, the den of the seven nations of Canaan. The den of the seven nations of Canaan was a den of the seven nations wherever in the world they happened to find themselves, or only the ones who are living in Eretz Canaan. In other words, if you had descendants of the seven nations. Who had emigrated and weren't in Eretz Canaan right now, would they also be subject to this den of being destroyed? Or was there only the Shiva Omus who were living in Eretz Canaan? That is an interesting question. The one example of this is the Chazal that tells us that out of the seven nations, Kaishal actually only lands fighting up with six of them because the Girgashi decided to leave. They went. They, the, one Chazal says they went to Africa. Wherever they went to, right, they vacated Eretz Yisrael. Klaishal didn't chase them there or try and uh, send the force after them. But once they were out of Eretz Yisrael, so then it seems like there wasn't a den to kill them. It was only the nations which were in Eretz Yisrael and remaining in Eretz Yisrael which had to be destroyed. If, the, if they wanted to leave Eretz Yisrael, they would be okay. Now, if that's the case, right, the question is, the Givonim who were Chivim, which means that they're one of the seven nations. So if they were in Eretz Yisrael, they deserve to be destroyed. If they were coming from outside Eretz Yisrael, from, from beyond Eretz Yisrael, so then there would be an argument to say, there would be an argument to say that they, would be, that they shouldn't be destroyed. And therefore, they, they wanted to come with that argument to Yeshua, and there's that even though we give him, but since the matter we're coming from out of Israel, and therefore we shouldn't kill us. We don't, we aren't, so to speak, uh, we are part of the Shiva Umas, we're not living in Israel, so therefore we aren't in the din of the Tachai Kol Neshama. And that's why you see also in the language they say, they didn't ask, the, at least the first, uh, when the Klaisha asked them the question, they say to them, Maybe you're local, maybe you're living here in Eretz Yisrael, and that's the case, I can't make a bridge with you. And the answer was, we come from far away. Right? The question wasn't, who are you? In other words, they could have said that they were Chivim. But uh, they said that even though we're Chivim, the Maestro, we aren't residents of Eretz Yisrael, and therefore we don't fall into this Kazarian. That's the difference between what Klaishal asked him at the beginning, what Klaishal said to them, Ishashal said to them, when they speak to Yeshua in the next passage, and now when Yeshua asks them a question, he asks them both questions. 
So here you ask the extra question of who are you? And where are you coming from? And you see that here also they avoid answering the first question. They say to him, We came from very far away. We heard about the Kodesh Baruch, we heard we did to Mitzrayim, and therefore we came from far away to, so to speak, the Shem Hashem. What they meant the Shem Hashem, we'll see. But you see that they don't answer his first question. His first question of who are you, they don't answer. They just say where they came from. And uh, this is, uh, at least if we're going to know with this Mahalach, it makes a lot of sense. Because they were Chivim. So it's not going to help their case to say we Chivim. Right? If that's the case, then you're one of the seven nations. The only argument would be, we'd be coming from far away, and therefore since we aren't residents in Eretz Israel, at least that's the impression that we're trying to give, then we don't fall into this category of the din to, to kill all the people. They never pre- pretended to be somebody they weren't. The whole point revolved around is where they're from. Right? They, they didn't come to say we're a different nation or somebody else. They just said we come from far away. That was always their argument. Right. And therefore they wanted to say that would be a reason to spare them. And especially if we saw that before, that this wasn't the first time Givonim had come. Right? They, they, some of them had come already before in Moshe Venice time. So they thought there's a Mahalach. The Jewish people accept converts like us. Right, except we know that if you're going to save it from Eretz Yisrael, it's not going to work. And therefore they came up with this deception to say that we're not from Eretz Yisrael. And therefore they thought they would be accepted as converts as the previous Kivayim had been.